You are listening to Sounds of Our City, a podcast series where we share stories and sounds of Asia, told through the people who live here. I am Yijing, and I am Shida, and we are your hosts for today. For this episode, we are going to start with a story going a little back in time. In 1981, a very unusual piece of artwork appeared in Lower Manhattan, New York City. In the middle of Federal Plaza, next to all the important government buildings, artist Richard Serra erected a 3.6 meter high, 36 meter wide steel slab called Tilted Arc. This massive curving wall was the cause of much controversy and debate, from the moment the artwork was conceived till it was torn down, and even up until today, serves as an illustrious example around the conversation of who public art should serve. Sarah wanted the artwork to be a physical experience, for the passersby to be aware of himself and his environment as he walks around the arc and experience the change in perceptions. But the people working in the surrounding buildings, who have to circumvent the artwork daily, felt deeply inconvenienced by it. I don't think it is the function of art to be pleasing," said Richard Serra. However, as the ultimate demolition of Tilted Arc has shown, artworks in public space are trickier than simply the intention of the artist. Today, we head to Maple Tree Business City Two, embarking on a public art trail as a case study to discuss the topic of art in public space. Located in the southern tip of Singapore, Maple Tree Business City (MBC) is a mixed-use development that integrates office buildings, retail, leisure, dining amenities, and high-quality common spaces into one. Nestled in a 2.8-hectare garden of lush greenery, MBC is complemented with international and local artworks. It is also home to the headquarters of Google's Singapore office, amongst many others. We speak with Leon Tan, project manager of Maple Tree and NTU Center for Contemporary Arts Joint Public Art Partnership, as he tells us more about the artworks and artists in this space. Hey everyone. So we're here today at Maple Tree Business City Two, and we'll be going on a little art trail. That's actually a collaboration between Maple Tree Investments and NTU Center for Contemporary Art as part of their public art education program.、Mm-hmm. And with us here today, of course, co-host Shida Osman, hello, and the project manager for this art program, Leon. Hi, Hi Leon. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How has it been? How's it going? It's been good. It's been good. We are preparing <laughs> for the next phase of the project.、So、okay, okay. Maybe、yeah. just like give us a little background about this project. Yeah, sure. So、um, basically, in 2017,、um, mm. Maple Tree decided to build、um, Maple Tree Business City Two,、mm-hmm. and as a part of their efforts to promote public art in the space,、mm. they decided to get NTUCCA to curate four artworks,、mm-hmm. okay,、um, to be installed、um, in their vicinity,、mm. um, and. That's how it came about. So it was like a few years in the making.、Um, mm. They spoke to the artists, they spoke to the planners, the architects,、mm. and then、um, that's how this project came up together. Right.、Yep. So you were saying that there are four artworks over here that's curated by NTU Center for Contemporary Art. Yes. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about the four artworks? Sure. So.、Um, Basically, the trail starts、mm. from this artwork called Wind Sculpture One、mm-hmm. by Inka Shonibare,、um, and it, the trail then begins from him and it goes on towards、um, Zulkifli Mahmud's Sonic Pathway,、mm-hmm. which is kind of like a sound installation,、mm. um, 
then it goes on towards Thomas Saracino's Stillness in Motion, mm-hmm. three airborne self-assemblies, um, mm. which is located near the Google offices. And then mm. finally it turns outwards towards mm. uh, Dan Graham's Elliptical Pavilion. Mm. And so that's the end of the trail. Okay, yeah. okay. And so besides these four artworks, there are actually a couple of other artworks around here as well. Yep. So um, those were part of the earlier initiative when they were doing MBC1. So mm. um, collectively, this whole area now is just called Maple Tree Business City. Okay, but so one and two are actually together. Yeah, they are together. So mm. it's just side by side. Um, oh, okay, okay. But one was then curated by a mm. different curator mm. and the circumstance for the project was different. Mm. Um, and there were more artworks. There mm. were about eight. Mm-hmm. But the ones that CCA did mm. for Maple Tree Business City 2 were more site-specific, um, there was heavier influence with the placement, mm. uh, the narrative, kind of like the curatorial narrative. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like the, the difference. Biggest difference. The biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, actually, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because we went on a, the trail to yeah, look at we did. Yeah, the artworks and it's quite interesting. I think they were all uh, thought with like the site in mind, right? They're quite site-specific. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about that narrative? Sure. So, um, as I was saying, right, it starts with Wind Sculpture 1 by mm-hmm. Inga Shonibare. Mm. And I think what's interesting is that there is this notion of where MBC2 is. Um, it's quite near to the port of mm. Singapore. And so, um, that's where Inga came in, where there was this idea of, like, the fabric pattern on the sculpture yeah. being a kind of reference to the Dutch Indonesian textiles that were traded back mm-hmm. during the colonial times. Um, so there's this idea of maritime trade and that's right, why right. Oh, okay. sidewise um, it's quite interesting because then as a starting point mm. it kind of triggers the person to experience this idea of how mm. um, there are these like crossing of cultures um, mm. simply through the trade of materials. Right. Yeah. And so in his practice he deals a lot with this idea of like culture identity and that's why as a starting piece mm. it kind of makes sense for the tour um, okay. yeah and it's a form of like a floating fabric so it's something that's quite light and quite dynamic it helps mm. to like open up mm. to audiences who come here you know it's the first thing that they see right. is the entrance to MBC2 uh, so there is that aspect of that as well yeah yeah yep. it's really interesting mm-hmm. to I've always thought about how can you capture something like wind something that's so intangible yep Yep. Mm. And it's um, also because this place is located near to the port, right? Mm-hmm. To the so yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And so um, moving on, it will be the second one people see will be Sonic Pathway. Yep. So um, as the four artworks, most of them come from international, um, relatively mm-hmm. renowned artists. But we also decided that his work, uh, so Zulkifo Mahmood is a local artist, mm-hmm. also quite renowned in his own way because he's very famous for his sonic artworks or sound mm. installations. Um, and the reason why his work was selected amidst the rest who were kind of like shortlisted during the process, right? Yeah. Was that um, there was this whole notion of the ideas of sound. So like even this podcast, you know, we're talking about the sounds of yeah, our city. Yeah. So there was that idea that his work really deals with the sounds of the city. Mm. So there is... Um, it is a copper pipe installation mm-hmm. and it uses like 512 solenoids to kind of knock against the copper so that's oh, the sound okay. of this like it sounds like construction work yeah yeah it does yeah. and <laughs> that, that, that was kind of like his intention so mm. to kind of 
mimic those like urban sounds, mm. sounds that we can't escape because these are things that we hear part of our city, part of our life. Um, but there was an additional mm. layer added for this particular installation. Yeah. So um, in the earlier instance, when it was exhibited, for example, at the Singapore Art Museum, uh-huh. um, it was just the sound of the solenoids. Okay. But for this one, he has included this additional layer of the sounds of the nature, the winds blowing, right, the right. shopping and all that. And these were recorded on site. So those were added as like additional layers to the installation here because that oh. is what you were here on site amidst the lush greenery of where we are we are near Hot Park near Labrador Park um, the, eco, the ecological um, diversity here is quite strong yeah. and so he integrated that into the artwork because he felt that it was apt so as I was mentioning earlier right, there was these like, discussions that were held not only with the artists mm-hmm. but also with like, the developers and the planners here mm-hmm. and that's how these decisions got to be made to, to think like ah. this is the most apt for the place this is what represents where we are mm-hmm. and that's why the work is here yeah, so that that's the oh, second. Oh, that's very work. interesting. Cause yeah. when I heard the birds and all that, I thought it was yeah. like the real birds outside. Yeah, it it may be, but more often than not, it's actually coming from the installation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Which was very good, and we actually had the soundscape earlier mm-hmm. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we took like a recording of ah, that, okay. and yeah, you know, together with like mixed with another layer of other people walking by, yeah. going to lunch, which you can hear in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. So, if we move just slightly away from Sonic Pathway, then yep. we reach the, the third artwork, which is Stillness in Motion um, mm-hmm. by Thomas Saracino. And again, you know, placement of this artwork was like quite um, cons- mm. like particularly considered by the curators as well as by the architects. Right. So, um, Saracino himself, his practice and his studio deals very heavily with this idea of architecture um, of these future modules or like livable space and mm-hmm. that's why you see like these floating orbs mm-hmm. um, it was his idea of exploring how these could be the kind of structures that we may inhabit in the future mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. it is tied to the building literally mm-hmm. suspended with the steel cables right, right. Um, so it links that architecture to the kind the of greenery okay. and the artwork yeah, see, are this yep. are this mirrors that's on like the different sides of the artwork? Yeah, they are. They are. So okay. it's a it's a reflective panel that is installed on the steel frame, um, and the intention is not only just to reflect um, the surrounding hardscape and softscape, so the buildings, the facade, mm-hmm. the the greenery, the trees, but also to reflect the people who are walking past. So mm. um, I would say. Honestly, for all of the artists who yep. have been curated mm. uh, for this particular trail, there is that question of where are we situated in the environment mm. and where right. are we situated in the city. Mm-hmm. So it links like these three different kind of spaces together mm-hmm. in a city space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, yep. that's really interesting. Like Even when you were talking about the Sonic Pathway just now, it yeah. didn't occur to me that uh, the sound of construction is actually something that's around us every day in Singapore. Mm-hmm. It's like exactly. It never stops the construction. So yeah. as much as it is noise and not really like pleasing to a year, it's, mm. it's a reminder to us as well, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yep. Okay, really interesting. Yeah. And maybe a little bit about the last one, the sure. elliptical pavilion by Dan Gray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, the last artwork particularly was installed in the center of their kind of urban garden mm. um, so this was planned in collaboration with the landscape designers um, okay. they are a firm called SHMA Landscape Consultants and they come from Bangkok and so okay. 
while they were designing this kind of like um, urban garden space in NBC2, um, the, there were also discussions of where would be the best place for Dan Graham's work to be situated. Mm. Um, there was an idea that you know they wanted it to be part of this daily commute of the workers. Um, of course, it should be a space for people to go for contemplation, for relaxation, or just to look at the artwork, like mm. experience the artwork or experience the garden in general. Right. Um, so just yeah. to describe the artwork a little mm-hmm. bit, it's like a, like a few layers of round glass, yep. like mirror glass. Yeah, so um, Graham is particularly famous for his series of pavilions. So for mm. this particular series, it was um, you can see these two um, round structures that use this highly reflective um, mirror glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intention is, in his words, he said that it was kind of to evoke that kind of feeling of a fun house yeah, so yeah, the mirrors definitely. the way that you, your, your body will contort and twist amidst the greenery that is also being reflected yeah. Yeah. so there is an element of I would say fun or enjoyment in this piece mm-hmm. um, because that is something that we are also living in right like the idea yeah. of like I think it serves as a therapy as well just to escape from the office and then just go into the artwork and just get lost in it yeah yeah it does and like when we bring people on tours sometimes when we go into the space right like the sound actually gets blocked out because of this thick layers of glass oh interesting yeah so um it's not just like the visual quality of the artwork mm. but also the sound the feeling of like standing in between two layers of glass mm. you know with the wind blowing inside the space yeah. it's all different yeah and going back to your earlier like um, discussion about this idea that we are in the city and in these artworks right I think it's also more interesting to see this not as just um, installations of art in the space mm-hmm. but to kind of use these as like starting points to question like where we are in the city and where we yeah. are in the environment you know like if you hear the sounds of construction um, what does that trigger in your daily life you know right. like would you, would you think about the artwork next time or, or vice versa how does that work yeah. or yeah, when you see a reflective surface somewhere else do you think mm-hmm. about the artwork or how does that work you know having gone through this trail having gone through these experiences I feel like it evokes the psychology of the mind as well when you're looking at the, out, uh, the artworks sorry yeah, yeah because it's from what we can see right here it is they call it CBD area because it's an office area but the artwork actually serves its purpose to just let people just relax and look at it and look at life in a different way as Mm -hmm. well is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're thought to be both contemplative for the people who are working here and also as like a form of therapy I guess. Was there a specific Mm. not say agenda but Mm -hmm. like did the artists like the curators uh, want to mm, you know like evoke certain either positive or contemplative you know, and sort of things from the people who are interacting with these artworks? Well, I would say um, if regards to that, the, the ideas of public art mm. actually stem from the ideas that they don't particularly serve any agenda. Okay. Um, but it is a way to kind of motivate people to be interested in public art, you know, uh-huh. to, for it to serve a greater purpose, for it to serve something that will be beneficial for society in general. Um, but just the, the nature of having installed these four works in this space mm-hmm. already says something about the developers, the curators and all that. So mm-hmm. um, it may not be intentional, but it surely exists um, in this greater discourse of what public means and where is art situated. Mm-hmm. Um, f- definitely there will be these positive effects. You know, People will be um, kind of inspired or motivated when they see the artworks. Um, right. 
And I guess the greater hope then was that they would think beyond looking at these as just art installations, but more mm. like reflecting on those qualities of life, um, experiences in a environment in a city, and so Interesting. on. Interesting. Yeah. So art, so artworks, especially in public space. Is supposed to, uh, I guess, help people perceive their environment differently. Yeah, I think different is the key word, and mm. not really perceive it in a positive or negative way. Okay. But different. Interesting. Yeah. No, because I would think that uh, to put an artwork in public space is something very different. Putting it in, in a gallery or yeah. like a confined space. Yeah, it's it's different. Mm. It's different. Yep, for sure. Were there environmental concerns, like you know, if it rains and stuff like that? So you know, for public art, are there, let's say, certain materials or certain things that people would prefer? Yeah, um, and I guess it differs for each artist. Mm. Um, if you look across the board, most of the materials that are being used are like stainless steel, mm. um, you know, like steel frame, steel wire. It's um, much more durable. Stuff. Yeah. More durable. Um, but I think the artists also do have considerations about where they are putting it and why they are putting it in certain spaces. Mm. So, for example, like for Zukifo, um, he when he was installing the copper pipes, he knew that it would degrade over time mm. and because it began like uh. highly reflective highly shiny right but now if you look at it it's kind of dulled out and it's a bit more like earth tone brown right is it, is it going to turn into like Statue of Liberty like a <laughs> tone green it, it might it might maybe in, in like a hundred years yeah. <laughs> you, you know you never know like that but that I think he was really aware about that material mm. selection and it okay. was part of that process also I see really yeah. interesting yep. so uh, I understand that for Sonic Pathway there was like a little bit of controversy over it with the soundscape uh, yeah. Well, um, Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> sure. I guess um, it wasn't really a controversy, but it was more like mm. because it was so blended into the environment. Mm-hmm. People who were here were wondering where those sounds of oh, construction, like construction were coming from. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, because Maple Tree does um, play his kind of like sound track mm-hmm. at regular intervals, um, so it just I guess it's a part of also discovering the site and like learning mm-hmm. that there is this installation on site. Yeah. And so there is that sound present in the space. Um, it is located relatively distanced away from the, the office spaces. Yeah. Um, there is of course the trees that act as like a natural buffer for the sound. So right. it's not super loud yeah. in the space, but definitely when you're walking past, you will hear it. Yeah, yeah. and that's the intention too, right? For yeah. you to hear it. Yeah, otherwise, you know, it just gets completely mm. obscured. Mm. Yeah. But I think, were there like people who were not happy with the sound, especially if it sounds like construction, you know, it's not like just bird singing, right? And then did that cause some problems in a sense? Mm. I guess. It, it was they were things that had to be discussed because mm. I mean after all when you install the artwork um, it is without the people who are occupying the space mm, and when true. when they started to open NBC2 and when people really started to come here to work mm. to, to walk around to live mm. right then that's when these things had to be negotiated like ah. how, how many like intervals should we play the sound mm. when should it cut off um, is it too loud is it too soft how do we adjust um, right. so these were all negotiations that happened even like after it was opened so I like yeah. the way you use negotiations yeah, yeah. and it's, it's always about that right it's yep. not like oh, okay some people don't like this song so let's mm. just take it away let's yep. take this hour away and it's yep. not that and Maybe there was a compromise that goes around it yeah. the whole thing instead of just scraping it away because of certain yeah. um, complications that came up. Yeah. 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 And even for the artist, he is it he? She? He, he. he. Yeah, yeah, he can't just say that, oh I don't care, this is my intention, yeah. I'm just gonna do this. It's yeah. Um, the, the quite a- tough right? yeah of course like the agency definitely goes to the artist but mm. also because it is a public art installation 
the public also then gets involved. Mm. Um, and the public isn't just the people who walk past, they're also like, as mm. I mentioned, you know, the developers, right. uh, Maple Tree themselves, the people who are occupying the offices. Um, and so with these negotiations, that's when these kind of issues can be identified and then yeah. resolved mm-hmm. in an amicable way that benefits like, everyone in the long run. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess artworks in public space act as like uh, a starting point of discussion also. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could very well be, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And is there anything else that you would like to add? Is there an, an, So you were, you were saying that it's the last phase of this project, right? Yeah, so what's happening yeah. right now? Um, basically now we are gearing up towards this um, summit that is... Okay. Um, more educational in nature and brings about this larger question of the discourse of what is public and where is public art situated. Um, so it kind of tries to create this discussion that hasn't really been held mm. in Singapore yet. Okay. Um, so to get all these different stakeholders like the developers, URA, um, oh. SLA, HDB to kind of like everyone together. <laughs> talk about it. Every, yeah, just to come and talk about what uh, where are we going now with mm. with these ideas of what is public and where can okay. public art be? And it, is yeah. this open to the public? Um, yeah, the, it is open to the public. Um, there is a component that is closed, but those are the closed door workshops for these stakeholders. Um, and those are like by invite only um, because it's quite particular to their um, like more, technical more technical and like I would the say, planning, city yeah. planning. Yeah. Or okay. But the, the talks, the presentations, those are open to the public. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Are there any Definitely. that you would like to identify? You know what you think people might be interested in. Um, I honestly think, in general, the whole set of presentations are quite interesting. So, uh-huh. um, do keep an eye out. We'll be posting those up on our uh, websites, our social media channels, and all soon. Okay. And yeah. where where can people find out? Yeah. Um, for sure, you'll be at the NTUCCA website. Okay. Um, so they just Google NTUCCA. Yeah. And uh-huh. you'll be on our Facebook. Um, eventually, we'll also be posting it on our Instagram, our mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, so just just keep an eye out for those gotcha. information. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. to summarize this uh, Maple Tree Public Art Trail, yep. Public Art Trail at Maple Tree Business City mm-hmm. is an initiative that's curated by NTU Center for Contemporary Art. Yep. And it, it's been two years, right? Two, two years, years. Yeah. yeah, and it's going to... So all these artworks are still going to be here. People can still come. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, yeah. the artworks are permanent installations mm-hmm. so um, unlike many other installations that are kind of temporary mm. um, these are permanently installed on site interesting so it'll be really interesting to see how they age over time as yeah. well and may I add now. as well that the pamphlet that we're holding in our hand is actually interesting it comes down to the design itself which mm-hmm. is like usually if you have pamphlets so that's why we came here in the first place it was Yijing's uh, idea to, to come here but it comes down to the pamphlet itself that the design is so convenient to hold in your hand just yeah. one hand looking at all the other uh, all the artworks here mm. yep. so yeah it's in the shape of a fan and it opens up to four panels and each panel has uh, the artwork yeah, and the description so yep. the description that Leon actually uh, described yeah Leon. and it also serves as a fan because nice. it's kind of hot yeah yeah it is <laughs> yeah it's so, like if we are bringing people here on tours, mm. like, like, like let's, let's try to make it more oh. comfortable and convenient for them, you know, like, then they have a good experience, you know, they yeah. know about the work, but they also kind of enjoy the time that they have. True, true, yeah, So true. a lot of people do, like, mention that they, they kind of learned a lot and they enjoy mm. hearing about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we're not the only ones that are doing art trails. Mm-hmm. Um, NAC, like the National Arts Council, they also do their own public art trails. Uh. They're all posted on the websites. Mm. Yeah, so I see there are a lot of artworks yeah. in Central Business District. Yeah, also. yeah. Yeah, and those. Cool. So Maybe you should check them out someday too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Okay, so thank you very much, Leon. Yeah, sure. Thank you as well. (laughs) Thank you. And so, guys, if you guys are interested in the Public Art Summit, Mm -hmm. search for NTU Center for Contemporary Art on Google. It will lead you to the website, Instagram, Facebook, and they'll be posting more information up there. Yep, and you guys should definitely check this art trail out because it's interesting down to the pamphlet itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's actually really nice. You know, even though it's hot, but you actually get to walk around in the shade and... It's really enjoyable. Yep, I agree. So that's from us. Okay. And we'll, uh, you'll hear from us again later. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. So we are here at one of the artworks in Maple Tree Business City 2. It's near a glass dome if you look at I'm actually here with a guest, Jacqueline. Is that right? Hi. How yeah. are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. It's just a little bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's why I have a hat on. Yeah. But did you just have your lunch? Yeah, I did. I just had my lunch. Came lunch. Back. <laughs> mm, interesting. So uh, what I'm here to ask you about is do you realise that the artworks are here or do you just pass them by or do you know anything about it? Oh yeah, at first I didn't really know that it was an artwork. Like, Same I thought, here. I thought it was just like some design because like, I feel like it's quite seamless. Like, I mean, because the park and everything and then they have the pond and I was like, oh, okay, that's quite cool. I didn't know it was an artwork until I saw like the sign at the site. Hey, Hello. this is Yijing, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Xuemin. Hello, Xuemin. Thank you for agreeing to, oh, okay. <laughs> to be interviewed by us. So, maybe just a little bit of background about yourself. Do you work in this area? Uh, yeah, I work at one of the art galleries in uh, Gilman Barracks. Okay, which is just across the road from yeah. Tree Business. Yes, City. just across the road. And so, did you notice any of the artworks in this area? Uh, yes, actually, I came on uh one of the Maple Tree tour. Oh, before. okay. Yeah, uh, the one led by Leon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How was that? Oh, it was it was very informative. Uh, it was a bit hot, but we managed to walk around to like different uh like artwork installation, and he gave mm-hmm. us like a very thorough explanation. Mm. Was yeah. there anyone that stood out to you? Uh, the one that stood out to me most is uh I think the glass one. Okay. Yeah, this okay. is the one that I really like the most mm. because I think that um it's fun. I think <laughs> it's the I really like the, the effects of it because mm. you stand there and then you see like a lot of reflections and then I like the the kind of uh, the difference in sound when you're inside there and mm. it was just very visually mm. interesting out of like all the other artworks. And it's it's more like interactive because mm. you get to be inside and, and right. how, yeah, how you see things also changes. So is that what you like about public art for it to be interactive? Actually, yes. That's my personal preference mm. usually. So when an interactive, no, when a public art is more interactive, I will feel that, oh, I'm actually part of this. Mm. Like I'm actually seeing something. It, it's doing something to me. It's having an effect on me. And that's what I usually like to enjoy. Next to Thomas Saracino's reflective artwork is a travelator leading to Google's headquarters. As you move from one side of the travelator to the other, you can see a three-dimensional optical illusion logo that reads Welcome slowly turning into Google. Just like this Google logo, art in public space changes our perceptions of how we encounter our environment. Perhaps their value lies in making us more aware of our surroundings. They open up conversations and chances for negotiations. Richard Serra did not want to relocate Tilted Ark, 
as he thought that was equivalent to destroying his artwork. With the artworks we look at today, the developers, artists and landscape designers understood that art in public space is a discussion and negotiation that involves everyone. What kind of artworks do you envision in the spaces that you inhabit? Share with us what you think. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe and leave a comment of support. Thank you.